Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome, everyone. My name is Jack Rico, and you're listening to episode 76 of Highly Relevant, a U.S. Latino podcast examining how Hispanics are influencing and reshaping mainstream entertainment in the United States. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about three things. Number one, it's the Avengers. It's really a phenomenon at this point. Number two, Childish Gambino's This Is America video. It's become a national conversation on culture, and it's rare when art does that, especially a music video of just four minutes. And finally, there's a movie coming out this week called Breaking In with Gabrielle Union and Rosalind Sanchez. What makes this movie interesting? Well, Mike Sargent uh, comes on the show. We're going to be tackling all these subjects. We're going to be sort of peering down the layers and finding out exactly what makes these things tick, why they become such big news, and why people are so attracted to this. Mike Sargent on the way here on the Highly Relevant Podcast. Too many guys just accept that underwear will. Chafe right up, fall apart after a few wears. Well, enough is enough. We men deserve better. And that's what Saks Underwear is all about. This is underwear reinvented, specifically designed for our anatomy to be so comfortable and so supportive. Saks knew there had to be a better way to make men's underwear, so they challenged the industry status quo and created the ballpark pouch. This is my favorite and it is revolutionary. It feels like angel wings when you're wearing them. Everything stays put, complete separation from your thighs, no friction whatsoever. You can move around comfortably no matter what you're doing, and every pair of sacks is made with the highest quality materials, made to last. Wearing sacks underwear has changed my expectations for what a great pair of underwear should feel like. I want you to feel a difference too, so I've worked with sacks underwear on this great limited time deal just for you. Shop from anywhere on their site and get $5 off plus free shipping on your first purchase. But to get this great offer, you need to use my promo code HIGHLYRELEVANT at checkout. Order a few pairs of Saks now with this great offer and go to Saks Underwear at SAXXUnderwear.com. That's Saks with two X's and use the promo code HIGHLYRELEVANT at checkout. Remember, SaksUnderwear.com, promo code HIGHLYRELEVANT. Joining me now is Mike Sargent, great friend of mine and great friend of the podcast. You could see him on Fox News, PBS, WBAI Radio. And uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Oh, please. Anytime, Jack. Uh, Mike, 
lot to talk about this week, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about uh, what I've been doing. I, I just finished re-watching The Avengers Infinity War once again, because I, I was underwhelmed the first time around, and my brother had called me and said, hey, have you seen it? I said, yeah, but you know what? I wasn't really pleased with the experience. I'd like to re-watch it again, but if we're going to do it, we're going to do it at the best theater uh, possible for this particular type of film, which is the 68th Street uh, Broadway Lincoln Square AMC Theater uh, at the IMAX. Number one, the reason I chose that it's because it's the second largest screen in the world after Australia. Uh, the American Museum of Natural History has an IMAX screen that's just as big, but this one tends to be just a little bigger. We're talking about you know like like inches, but um, it matters because the one at the American Museum is feels more like a like a like a hall where this one feels like a theater uh with Dolby Atmos there were there were speakers on top they had remodeled it refurbished it it is absolutely incredible they replaced the screen that had a couple of scratches on it before the price for that was $26 so that was 26 for me uh, I went with my brother and his wife. That's 80-something dollars plus. He bought popcorn, Subway. I had to take a taxi because I was coming back from a funeral. And the whole thing came out to like essentially over 100 bucks just to see this movie. But I felt like I needed to do that, Mike, because I was underwhelmed. Uh, and I, I, I felt like it needed to have a better experience. One with the largest screen and the best audio equipment possible for this type of film. And I got to tell you, it was like a brand new movie to me. <laughs> and I had problems with the original one because I felt that the audio was muffled. I couldn't hear dialogue. I felt uh, I felt like I was watching a, a, a B version of that movie. It wasn't as crisp. Uh, I also watched it in 3D in this IMAX. So the action felt like it was in my face, like right next to me. So, it, dude, I, I much more enjoyed it. So if I thought Avengers was a seven, I think it's an eight now, eight, eight and a half. Well, you know, it's interesting. You said a bunch of things there that, that I wanted to touch upon. One, you said how, you know, and I, I agree with you. I saw the Avengers Infinity War at the same uh, screening you did, and I had the same issues with the sound that you did. But, um, you know, this touches upon the, something that that maybe we forget here. You know, a lot of times they they poo poo. Oh, Hollywood makes these event picks, these tent poles, these superhero films. Why are people still going? Or is it dying? Is superhero films dying? Well, you know, here's what superhero films are today. They are the spectacle. That's what they are. And you know, human beings like a spectacle. That's why do we go to a movie? You know, if you go to a certain kind of movie, you go because you like that experience. And you use that word. You said, oh, you know. I, this not, I didn't, I, I was, uh, you, you were unimpressed. And, and if you were going to see it again, this is the experience you wanted. Yeah. And this movie was meant for that. And, you know, I have to say, again, I agree with you. I missed seeing Black Panther in IMAX 3D, uh, but seeing Avengers Infinity IMAX 3D, I, I'm planning to go see it again myself. I'm probably going to do it at some point in the next five days. I would like to do that with the audience just the way yeah. you did it. You know, full house, energy of the audience, energy of the, 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 you know, one great thing, you talk about the refurbishment of that theater in particular. Mm -hmm. One of the things that they did, which uh, for me is like, wow, like they get it. You know, when you're watching a movie, your eyes have to adjust, mm -hmm. okay? And your eyes will always adjust to the lighting. So 
when when they're playing trailers, the lights are down, but yeah. they still have the gi- giant annoying IMAX signs <laughs> on the side. Okay, and they keep that going while you're still watching these IMAX trailers, and your eyes adjust. Okay, and you start to ignore the IMAX uh, annoying signs. Right, there's but these then, like like massive right. uh, uh, hanging signs that say, signs that say IMAX. That say IMAX exactly. It's but sexy, then when the but stuff, yeah. It yeah, exactly. But then when the movie starts, they turn out all of those lights and now you're immersed in the yeah. screen. And I thought like <laughs> when, when the first time I went to the refurbishment, I was like, wow, yeah, because you're ready for the movie. You're ready to be immersed. It's setting you up for an experience. It was you, my first time your- after the refurbishment, man. And so I, and you, it, you get a, it. It's like a brand new theater, dude. And it's worth the 26 freaking dollars. I have to say, let me tell you something, you know, move, some movies are made for just a, just a regular old, you know, theater down the block from your neighborhood, you know, and some of them are just trashy because a lot of these managements, they don't spend any money. They just want to make money. And if, if, if people are still coming in, why, why refurbish it? Why, why renovate it? You know, why, why spend money uh, when I need to make money? So these guys, they right. spend- why, why clean the carpets when the lights are out anyway? <laughs> right. But it makes one hell of a difference. And I think that movies like Avengers, any epic movie, any massive superhero film like a Black Panther that everyone's going to be talking about, uh, guys, ladies, spend the money. Don't go to the crappy theater to watch Avengers Infinity War. Don't do it. Because the amount of production that goes into it merits a hundred speakers, the largest screen possible. And if that means that the theater you go to is leather chairs, reclinable with like a menu uh, and a waiter coming in, do it. This is an experience. Movies like this don't come often. This year, we've been treated to two huge ones with Black Panther and Avengers, and it's going to continue throughout the year, but these are the movies that you don't spend $5 at the matinee on a 2, you know, 2 p.m. on an afternoon on a Tuesday uh, where no one's in the theater and none of the jokes fall and you're the only one supposedly giggling. You know, this is meant for the full swath of the experience. I have to say, I think there are five major factors that play into the success. I think one, you know, 10 years means you're invested in these characters. And you're not just invested in these characters, but you're invested in the universe. And one thing science fiction and fantasy has shown us that human beings, the more well-defined the reality, the alternate reality is, the more engrossed and invested you can become. Whether it's Lord of the Rings or Star Trek or, I mean, there are books that that world, people knew that world long before they were making movies out of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's one. Two, I think that, you know, again, you know, the experience of movies, like what you're talking about, the blockbuster, you know, the whole idea of the blockbuster is biggest theater, biggest crowd. It's going out with popcorn. your friends, getting it's dressed up, you know, in your, your coolest it's, gear. It's an event. Yeah, exactly. going out to dinner, you know, taking out the car and putting it in the parking lot. That, and even though you know it's exactly. going to cost you 40 bucks, but it's about the freaking experience that you can't have exactly. at home. Right. Exactly. And then the third thing I think is that, you know, what kind of stories are we seeing? You know, we want to experience them. You know, we're invested in these characters, but what are these stories? They're, you know, they're, they're, they're fables. They're, they're fables about uh, uh, just like the best stories. You look back at any story. From yeah, they're rooted in Greek, Greek mythology. 
Right. Exactly. Well, not only that, but Greek mythology was also rooted in giving us lessons about being human. Come on. You know? Yeah. I mean, well, that's the beautiful thing. And I felt that that's what Superman has always been, you know? Exactly. It, it, it's, it's, if you read back any Greek mythology story, these gods are really superheroes. The, the, the label today is superheroes. The label back then was gods. And we're just seeing Greek stories being told today. And they never die. They're classics. This is stuff that we can watch forever. I agree with you. And I think I think not only are are they Greek gods, and I absolutely agree with that, but what makes those stories work is that they, they, they're telling us, you know, they, there's a larger, like they, they're stories that are telling us about the human experience. You know, they're, 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 there's a tale being told. It's, 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 whether it's a Bible story or a Greek god, you know, it, it's, it's mythic. So we're having these mythic stories told to us. I think that you want to get that? Yeah, give me a second. No, no worries. There is nothing I hate more in my life right now than uh spam calls that are coming in. You know? Oh my god. I just Dude, I, I just did a story on this. Go ahead. We have to talk about this for a second. Um <clears throat> I, I, I've been overwhelmed. My cell phone was the only sacred thing where I didn't get spam calls. And as of late, I started getting them. And uh, it was overwhelming. Dude, like, like more, I'm getting more calls from telemarketing spam recorded calls than people. And that's dude. when I was alerted. And I'm not sure, have you seen, you know, you should check this video dude, out. Dude, yeah, go ahead. You should check this video out. It's on The Verge. Right, the Verge website, they have a YouTube channel where they do the best freaking videos, uh, the most well-produced. I mean, I'm talking about they use steady camps just to do these videos. And um, they did one on sp spam calls. And basically what it says, there's these apps. One of them is Nomo Robo. Uh, the other one is Haya. Um, AT&T, if you're an AT&T subscriber, there's a... Uh, app that AT&T created to stop spam calls. And so I downloaded both of them. It's now working. I noticed it working because I only got one robocall today. I usually get five by the by the end of the afternoon. And then you called the National Registry of Do Not Call from the uh, Federal Trade Commission, and you put your name on there too. And so by law, they start removing them little by little. But I've been a member since like 2008, it's 10 years ago, and they still call my house, but I hate them. They interrupt my podcast. They interrupt my my reading, my working, and you think it's somebody. You pick up the phone, and it's a freaking recording, and I don't know what else to do, man. It's like I want to smash my phone. It, it's it's playing tricks on my mind, Mike. So I did some, I did some research, okay? What you find? And, and, and I'm going to tell you what I found, okay? Because I did a, a segment on this on my radio show. I did, uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. It says um, robocall limits in U.S. set back by federal appeals court. An appeals court threw out part of a Federal Communications Commission regulation aimed at reducing automated telephone solicitations, weakening a 2015 effort to squelch the scourge of so-called robocalls. The rule was aimed at calls generated by auto-dialing devices, uh, uh, simply for attempting in good faith to communicate with customers who previously provided valid consent Bullshit. to be contacted. Bullshit. Exactly, exactly. Now, listen to this. 
listen to this. Oh, this is a huge win that allows American businesses and consumers to communicate with each other. Can you imagine? I'm being tortured mentally at this point. Exactly. I had to stop this podcast at one point because I thought it was my wife calling or it was a family member calling my home landline. And I go to the phone and it's a recording trying to sell me something. It's too much. It's invading my privacy. How is that good for me? This only the last couple months it got insane, like crazy, like every day I would get. And they do this thing where it comes up as a number that's close to yours. Yeah. Have you, oh, have you oh, seen that? Now they're 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 masking the two one two number. Yes, I've seen that too. Yes, and you just get you just get like seven numbers come up. Yeah. Um, by the way, for those of you that are interested in knowing how they got that 212 number, it's easy. If you go to Google and you search purchasing or buying a 212 area code, they're for sale. I have a 212 area code. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I, I keep my 212 number for a different, my landline, I should say. I, not because it's a 212, but I keep it because if you know, satellite ever went out or power ever went out, you know, you can always still use a landline. And, you know, I, you know, I've, I've, I did let the fax go after not sending a fax for like four years. Okay. But I had a fax. You I, still use fax? No, anymore? that's what I'm saying. I had a fax line. I had a dedicated <laughs> fax line. That's- I hated when, when a company asks me to fax them over something. I haven't had I that. I go, what, what was planet the la- are you... See, it was a car insurance, my car insurance company oh, upstate. Okay. They were like, can you fax us that? And I said, fax. I don't do faxes. Like the other day I was, I was talking, I was at a, at a, at an event and somebody says, you have a business card. And I flat out told him, looked at them straight in the end. I said, I don't do business cards oh, anymore. You are so <laughs> 21st century. I got to tell you. <laughs> Yo, if you don't tell them that, then they don't understand that the, the move forward is... Let's just, you know what people have been doing with me? They give me their phones. Oh, of course. Listen, I've been doing that for years. Listen, I- They just give me their phones, and then you type in all your okay. information all right. in their phone, and then you hand it back. Listen, I tell you what I know some people do, and, and I have to say I think it's smart. I haven't done it, but what they do is they take a picture of me, too. Uh, ah! Because- <laughs> See, I haven't done that yet. I haven't done it yet I don't either. pose for someone's that's picture That's not yet. what I mean. That's not what I mean. I mean, they need to remember who it is, whose number it is. Well, that's true. That's true. But I still haven't posed for anybody. No. Yet. Well, you know. I'm hoping that I'm <laughs> memorable enough. Exactly. You'll just <laughs> fantasize. That you'll this. know who I am. This is true. You'll know who I am. Uh, so that's my issue with spam. But getting back to the Avengers really quick. You know, I was thinking the, I was thinking the other day how- because you were talking, you know, off air about the specialized platforms in in the distribution of these movies. Let me ask you this. We know we're living in the mobile era now. What would happen if somebody just decided to say, I'm not going to pay any money to go see it in the theater, and I'm not even going to watch it at home on my TV set. I'm going to watch Avengers Infinity War on my iPhone. Well, you know, here's what I think. I'm going to tell you my- my Can you extract a proper opinion, a proper opinion of that film after they spent over $250 million to make that movie? Do you think that a dude, a kid, watching it in an iPhone for two hours and 29 minutes, that they can go, yeah, that was the best movie I ever seen, or they're going to be like, eh, it was okay. 
it's something mythic. And and so if you got a mythic film back in the day in the in the fifties, they used to have like these gladiator films, you know, and in Cinemarama, you know, Kirk Douglas, Kirk Douglas, exactly. So Spartacus. But but then to watch Ben Hur on a small black and white TV in the sixties, that couldn't have been the same experience. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, watching an epic in non-epic or in a non-experiential way, I think the only thing that will happen, uh, agreeing with what you're you're saying about the iPhone, I definitely say no, you're not going to have the same experience unless you have a great home theater system and even then. But I think what people will start doing is uh, if, you, if your iPhone, because I know people that they don't have a computer, they don't have anything, they don't have a stereo, they got their iPhone. Who, who, who do you? know that doesn't have any of this stuff mike how old are young they? people that's all i'm gonna say no dude, young people dude, have it all dude, man listen to me you can have your and iPhone. when we're talking about young you and i are young i mean are, are these like 20 year olds teenagers uh, late 20s early 30s that's, that's what i'm saying okay and, holy shit uh, man. Uh, but here's what i'm getting at what you can do though is and and again people have said this to me and it's like i would never have even thought of doing that with the vr headset there's a setting where you can watch a movie as if you're in an IMAX theater and it puts it in stereo in your ears and you could be laying on your couch or getting whatever position you want and it adjusts the VR for your for your viewpoint that you want, okay? That's so why it is crazy, but now it is now you're pretending to watch it at home in IMAX. That's crazy. Now, I'll say this though. I was watching Avengers in 3D in the IMAX theater. Yes. And after halfway through the film, which is about an hour and a half in, I had to take the goggles off. I had to take the uh, the 3D sets uh, off. Oh, really? Okay, talk to yeah. me. I got a, I got a little, I don't want to use the word dizzy because that's not the word, but my eyes started uh, having a level of discomfort. And I took it off for a while. Uh, I needed maybe about 30 seconds to a minute to put them back on. And I did it again before the movie ended. No. And I said, wow, so this hasn't really truly been perfected, you know, at least from my eyes. Well, where, where were you sitting? Can I ask where you were sitting? I was sitting third row from the back. So that was pretty far up. My brother never took them off and he never complained. So maybe it's a personal thing. I think it is. Yeah, I I had to take the the 3D headsets off. So I had seen a friend's video on virtual reality. It was about five minutes. That was enough. I started getting some pains in my head, and I'm like, I don't suffer from migraines. I don't suffer from any of that stuff. So I, th- I, I was shocked, actually, when I was watching virtual reality for quite some time. But getting back to how we take in things now, because the way we, you know, there's a lot of power to that. You know, there's a lot of power to, to the visual experience. To the visual experience, to, to the experience of being told a story. And Childish Gambino, and which is Donald Glover. Exactly. Uh, he does this very well. Yes, he does. And he's telling a story. He There are many, many layers. We could spend quite some time unpacking what's in that video. But I, So let's I, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I want to know what you... First, tell me what your thoughts were. Well, if anybody hasn't seen it, Donald Glover uses a stage name by the name of Childish Gambino. Uh, he's been nominated for a Grammy already. Um, this dude can be can easily be an egot. He's already don't you think? He's already won an Emmy for the show he. He's already won an Emmy for Atlanta he, for the show he created. Right, and and this dude could easily be an egot. He has the respect of everybody. This is more than just fandom. This is a level of respect for art, and the dude is an artist. 
And uh, he just came out with a recent video just last week uh, called This is America. It already has 65,424,403 views as of May 10th, 254. And it's the most talked about video of the whole week. And it's probably going to be the most talked about video of the year. Not many people, not many videos, especially music videos, have this level of engagement. And I think that the key reasons are it's because it's dealing with racism, violence, and social commentary on the entertainment industry. And when I first saw it, I said, okay. I started seeing on Twitter, on the news feed, and I said, okay, this is popping up a little bit too much. What's going on with this video? I finally sat down. My wife received a text from a friend of hers from Miami. He was like, you got to watch this video. You got to watch this video. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to get around to do it. Finally saw it. And it's, it's a very unusual video. <clears throat> it doesn't follow the protocol sort of storyline. It, it, it's not average in any way. This is a bit of art. It talks about the prejudice against from whites to blacks, uh, gun violence in this country. It says all that within about a four-minute span. I'm not crazy about the song. But I definitely got the message of what he was trying to say about how America is today. It's a capitalistic country that only gives two hoots about money, about how to make that money, about how everyone's in it for themselves. There's a level of individuality that exists more than ever now. The fact that a music video does that, especially today where everybody's kind of just like very hypersensitive about this types of subjects, was really, really great for me. Because my wife and I have been complaining for quite some time now how there, is, there are no artists talking about uh, society anymore. Like the way Bob Dylan used to talk about back in the 60s and Paul Simon and the Beatles and John Lennon. They don't make artists like that anymore. So the fact that we're back to sort of this grassroots, let's talk about what's really happening about our America and how fucked up it is. Let's talk about it. It's, it's, it's refreshing, and I'm glad that he decided to take it. By the way, this dude is the great new artist of our generation. I, I agree with you on, on everything you said. I think that uh, it's very powerful that, that like a painting, you know, that like a really yeah. good painting or a really good uh, piece of writing, you know, it's something that can be unpacked. It's something that can be looked at, analyzed, discussed. And I think that's part of why he's done it. You know, he, he's not responding. He's, he's put the art out there and letting it speak for itself and letting it speak to people. People are getting, he, he clearly, though this seems like a simple video, it is not in any way simple. There are so many things going on, you know, from him, you know, posing like uh, Jim Crow and Uncle Russus, Ruckus and, and uh, Richard Pryor and, and uh, so many things that, that, just to research it, most people don't even know that Jim Crow was a character that, that was used to demean black people. And the, the, the name was so demeaning and had so much power that they eventually created the laws became dubbed Jim Crow laws. How many people are ever talking about that? How many young people especially? So I have to say there are many things about it that are, are really uh, just, to, just to research any of his references 
whether it's the the obvious ones the, the or, or the allegorical ones of you know how we dance when we're our, our young black people are being killed or, or or and and there's no respect whether they're a church group or not and and he's just talking about what's going on and and making us think and for art to make us think right. I, 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 yeah. I I I don't know if I really believe in art for art's sake I think that if you've got people's attention you should be saying something and and I agree with you uh, when you first saw the video th there's two reactions that people have mm -hmm. there's that first immediate gut instinct reaction to something mm -hmm. right where you don't think about it too much and then there's a retrospect reaction where you took some time to digest it and then you kind of verbalize sort of your thoughts in a streamlined way. I want to hear about your gut reaction when you saw the video. Did it speak to you in any way? Well, it did. And, and three things. One, like you, I had heard so much about this. Heard so much about it. Heard so much about it. I'd seen clips and I didn't know what, you know, all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I respect Donald Glover. I know about Childish Gambino. I've talked to, you know, the composer of, of Black Panther, ironically, is the same guy who produces. He's Swedish, right? Yes, he is. And he's the same guy who produces the, all the Childish Gambino tracks. You know, I'd been hearing mm. the controversy, the, the, the pushback about how, quote unquote, woke he is by the fact that he has a white wife, Donald Glover. So there's, there's. Oh, I didn't know exactly. that. Exactly. And, and does it matter? Uh, uh, but, but all of these things I'd heard. So watching it, I was really curious of what's in there. And now there are a few things stood out to me. I definitely caught, caught the, the, do you know who Fela Kuti is? Yeah, of course. All right. Well, I definitely caught the Fela Kuti aspect of it. The whole idea of just be out there, be naked, say what's on your mind, be totally political. Like, from the jump, I got that. But also, I, I got the the African uh, dancing, the the guana guana. I, I definitely got that. And and for me, as as a West Indian, I totally picked up on just his hairstyle and how his movements, the the uh, the the Caribbean influence in there. And so I definitely got the sense of you know the diaspora. So. The music itself, the, 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 the theatrical nature of it, the, the places he stops, the, the violence stood out to me right away and the irony of the violence, how it was just there. And you, 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 you are forced to ask, well, wait a minute, what was that all about? So I, I really was struck with just how much uh, I saw it knowing I would have to look at it again to get all that was going on. Why do you think more artists don't take the approach that Donald Glover took on this video? Well, I think I think it, it, it. I think for a number of reasons. This is just my opinion. I think some people do their art for very specific reasons. I think Donald Glover is a storyteller at his heart. You know, for him to do a, a dramatic but funny series about the, the the town he grew up here in America, Atlanta, and, and it to be reaching the levels it has reached says quite a bit about him, says quite a bit about his vision, says quite a bit about him. For him to adopt uh, a persona just to do his rap stuff also says a lot about him. It's about he doesn't, he, you know, you may connect the dots, but you might not. He, he's interested in speaking in different areas. So I think, you know, some people uh, in terms of music videos and, and studio influence and things like that, I, I, I don't know that they all have the feeling that they have the freedom. And I don't know if they all have complete visions like him. 
you know? Yeah. I, I think, yeah. He, I think there's very few people that are so in touch with what's happening in society. Yep. And listen, this is not to say that, that a lot of our artists or even, you know, rappers, they're not, you know, well-read. And so they're, 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 and so I don't know if it's that a lot of these guys, these artists today don't want to pick up a newspaper they're not activists. They don't want to be involved in activism in any way or use their art to do activism. They're just like my amigos and, you know, they just want to have a good time with the music. And yes, we all need that. But I think right now more than ever, we need artists to step up and create art that allows for us to be entertained, yes, but at the same time, say something, allow us to understand wisdom that can help us understand sort of more of a radical clarity on what's happening in society today. I love comedians for that. Comedians are the most insightful people on the planet. It's interesting because I've interviewed a, a few uh, very talented rappers recently in their early 20s. And, and uh, you know, I question you know, some of their lyrics and some of the misogynism and, and why and, and, you know, and what are they thinking? And their their answer is generally, oh, I'm just having fun. I'm just doing this for fun. It's just fun. You know, I just want to have fun. I have a good time. I want to create a vibe. And, you know, I think that that's all well and good. But again, like I said, I, I don't know that art for art's sake works for me. I, I feel like if you got my attention, you need to be saying something. I think that there's a responsibility to art, and I think that art is change. I think everything about art is what changes us. It, it makes us understand ourselves, you know, in terms of storytelling. I think that that it, it, not that you can't have a song called, you know, "Don't Worry, Be Happy," but even that had something to say. It's talking about, yeah. it's talking about things that you could be unhappy about and the things you should be looking at. So I still, so you make music reflecting the times that we're living in. And I just feel that a lot of the music doesn't fit with the outrage that we're suffering. No. Uh, and, and it doesn't all have to do that, but I agree with you, but I'm not saying that it all has to do with that, but I'm saying that art at some point has to reflect some of that. Absolutely. Those are the artists. And I feel like we're not, yeah. Those are the artists like the John Lennons, the Fela Kutis, you know, they're the ones who will be remembered for generations, the, the, the Bob Marley's, you know, they're the ones. Right. The, the Calle 13. The Calle 13. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Lots of Cuban music. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, Mike, um, I, before we wrap up, I wanted to talk about, there's a movie coming out this week, uh, this weekend called Breaking In. Um, and I believe it's with Gabrielle Union, which is Dwayne Wade's wife and Rosalind Sanchez is also in it. And uh, it looks like it's a thriller. Or am I mistaken with Gab Gabrielle Union? Uh, no, it's Gabrielle Union. Yes, it is. Okay. And it, it seems like it's a thriller uh, about a home invasion from what it looks like in the trailer. I could be wrong about that. I, I didn't see the movie, but you had a chance to see it. Is this a movie worth paying money to go see? Or is this something we should wait for the DVD? <sighs> you know, here's, let me say this. Okay, let me say the good. The good is that Will Packer produces, he's doing things uh, with people of color that we've traditionally don't get to see people of color doing, whether all kinds of genres, and I love that. So I, I'm much love to Will Packer. Gabrielle Union is a very good actress. She's got a pretty good career for herself going. Uh, and she she does very good in this. She's easily as good as many of her, her uh, Caucasian counterparts, just in terms of, you know, you can't help but watching like a black female-led thriller 
is a rarity, okay? <laughs> and and so you, you have to appreciate that. So, and the premise, the setup that she, you know, her dad has died. He was very wealthy. He was did something having to do with the government. I don't want to give it to away. And, you know, she's got to go and, you know, clean out the property and set up the selling of the house. And she, mm-hmm. she brings the two kids, her teenage daughter and her 10 or 11-year-old son, away with her for the weekend while she does this. None of them want to go, but they have to go. She's really estranged from her dad, so they haven't spoken or seen the kids in years. When they get there, someone has already broken in, and that's where the story begins. And mm-hmm. it's a really good setup. There are a lot of things about it that are good setups. You know, the dad was paranoid, so he had a really like a fortress. You're like, okay, this could be used for or against him. There's this some really good uh, things there where he's got a great security system that the little boy knows how to use. Nice setup. There, there are just a lot of things about it that set you up good. But then somewhere along the way, I have to assume there were edits where there are plot threads that don't go anywhere. There are plot holes. There, there are just a number of things that just don't go the way you want. It's not terrible. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible. But it definitely could have used maybe a rewrite before they filmed because there are things that uh, that just just don't make sense in the way the film is edited. So, so one to ten, I'd have to say like a six. Ah, uh, see, six and a half. Uh, okay, is is it guilty pleasure fun? It's definitely guilty pleasure fun. Definitely guilty okay, pleasure. So, fun. Like so, a lifetime so, movie. Okay, so it's not $20 at the movie theaters, no. but it's like a matinee, absolutely. you know, absolutely. or a neighborhood theater that has a special, you know, $9 movies, you know, for 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. That's the type of thing absolutely. you could probably... Absolutely. Um, what I did like about Breaking from what I saw in the trailer, Mike, was this. Rosalind Sanchez, Puerto Ricana, she's in the movie. I saw Caucasians, I think they were the villains. And there's a black uh, group of friends hanging out in an upscale home, looks like upstate or, you know, a, a, a very wo- massive home, uh, look, almost look like a mansion. And what we're seeing more and more is this acceptance for movie viewers to see an interracial friendship on film. Latinos, blacks, whites, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Where before we, it was just like, okay, we're making a black movie. Everybody's black. We're making a point here. We're making a Latino movie. Same thing. White movies have always been white almost forever, right? But now you're seeing like this mix of diversity on screen and it's starting to seem normal. There's nothing about it that seems unrealistic. It just seems actually even more realistic because of the the casting. I agree with you a thousand percent. So it sounds to me that Breaking In that's coming out this week is not a must-see movie, but it's a movie if you have some time and you're in a particular mood to watch a guilty pleasure type of thriller. Absolutely guilty pleasure. Uh, that... You don't care if the production feels like a lifetime movie or not. You're just in the mood for a female-led thriller that gets your blood pumping a little bit. It's not great, but it's 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 satisfying enough that you can get your kicks out of it and move on with your life. But you were entertained for at least an hour and a half to two hours, right? It's enjoyable. Uh, I do. You just wish it was better. <laughs> Can anything that's not better be enjoyable? Absolutely. There's tons and okay. tons of things. You know, like you said, the guilty pleasure movies where you you may know you're aware of some of the flaws, but you enjoyed the ride. Anyway. Listen, we're going to do a whole podcast episode, uh, you know, defending bad movies and why bad movies are necessary in our lives. 
we'll, we'll get into I'm that because that. I had I'm a whole argument. I have a, I have a whole argument about that. Oh, I Mike Sargent, thank you very much for being on the podcast this week, recapping on some of the big stories uh, this week in particular. And um, you can catch Mike on WBAI Radio. He, Mike, tell us a little bit about your radio show and well, how people can tune in if they if they're not in New York. Let's say they're in LA or in Miami and they want to tune in. Is there a link online that they can listen sure. to? Sure. Well, you can do one of two things, you know, or one of three things. On a Facebook page, gives you all the information. Uh, Night shift, N I T E S H I F T. But I also have a website, Life Is Like Science Fiction I got shows going back, you know, for over ten years. And then uh, if you want to listen online, Monday. Monday nights at midnight. I'm on from midnight till 3 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, WBAI.org. That's it for episode 76 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. Thank you, Mike Sargent, for coming on the show and for hanging out with me. If you guys dug this conversation, please go ahead and share, retweet, and recommend this show on all your social media platforms. Remember, it's through your word of mouth that our show can grow. I'm Jack Rico. See you next week on another episode of Highly Relevant. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.